Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. Major League Baseball. If casting a ballot in Georgia were half as easy as casting a Major League Baseball All-Star ballot, then the All-Star game would still be in Georgia. The Major League Baseball Draft. The baseball draft is also being moved out of the state of Georgia due to Georgia's decision to draft legislation that makes Georgia's next election year draft pick a shitty has-been named Jim Crow. And the Houston Astros. At least when we cheat, we bother to try to hide it. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices lack in volume what black Georgia voters lack in ballot access. Our focus this week... G. Gordon Liddy, the mastermind behind the infamous Watergate burglary. Mastermind is a drastic oversell. G. Gordon Liddy, the idiot whose most famous dumb idea was the Watergate burglary. Better. Died at the age of 90. Because if the good die young, G. Gordon Liddy died at the age of 90. For more on the legacy. Oversell. For more on the dumb corruption. Better. Of G. Gordon Liddy, barely audible whisper turns to legendary Watergate reporters Woodward and Bernstein. Good. I'm Bob Woodward, made famous by being portrayed by Robert Redford in the movie, All the President's Men. And I'm Carl Bernstein, and even though I'm only a little bit uglier than Bob Woodward, who was portrayed by Robert Redford, I was portrayed by Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman is a fine actor. Not the point. Anyway, G. Gordon Liddy was a corrupt idiot. He was as dumb and corrupt as Dustin Hoffman is ugly. And nothing quite captures the depths of his stupid corruption, like the useless criminality of the Watergate burglary. I've got a brilliant plan guaranteed to get Nixon reelected. Don't do anything stupid and let the predictable landslide reelection of a popular president against an unpopular opponent play out without any controversy or scandal. Or we could break into Democratic headquarters, plant listening devices and spy on them to get dirt to use against them. But we're already winning by unbeatable margins. But I'm a dirty trickster. And Tricky Dick is tricky and a dick. And a break-in bugging is a tricky move that's also a dick move. And it doesn't get more Tricky Dick than a dicky trick. But we're winning. You owe me a Tricky Dick, dicky trick because you wouldn't let me execute my brilliantly sick dicky trick. You wanted to assassinate a Democratic member of Congress. For the record, that's true. G. Gordon Liddy actually proposed the kidnapping of one prominent Democrat and the murder of another. That's as objectively evil as Dustin Hoffman's face is unappealing. So what's the plan for executing the break-in? Plan? I'm unfamiliar with that word. You know, the pre-thought-through strategy for not getting caught. Oh, you mean the insane impulse. We're just going to, you know, break in without any real forethought and assume that we won't get caught because we're badasses. But of course, they got caught. And rather than simply cop to a criminal conspiracy involving relatively high-level members of his re-election staff, President Nixon, who was famously portrayed by relatively handsome actor Anthony Hopkins, which is bullshit because there's no way I'm uglier than Nixon, abuse the office of the presidency to engage in a massive cover-up. Because nobody's more dedicated to a dicky trick than tricky dick. Four more years. Four more years. 
Liddy was convicted for his role in the Watergate burglary and sentenced to 20 years in prison, for which he only served five. 15 less years, 15 less years. After being released from prison, Liddy went on to unironically write a bunch of ironically titled books, such as, when I was a kid, this was a free country. Nobody knows more about a free country than the guy who orchestrated an illegal plot to give unlimited clandestine authority over his political opponents to a corrupt and ruthless executive. He also became a successful far-right talk show host because he was too ugly for television. And the ugliness helped shape the ugliness of far-right discourse. If I don't get exactly what I want all of the time, then it's tyranny. Yeah, other people's liberty to disagree with my liberty is a violation of my liberty. Unfortunately, G. Gordon Liddy's naked corruption, blatant disregard for truth and democracy, fear-mongering, the communists are going to destroy us all. Has left an indelible imprint on Republican politics, so destructive that Watergate almost seems quaint in comparison. COVID is a Chinese Democrat hoax against Trump, who is omnipotent, which justifies hanging Mike Pence, kidnapping Nancy Pelosi, and denying Black people the right to vote. Because Black Lives Matter is a violent communist conspiracy to steal our guns and criminalize whiteness. May he rot in hell. Ugly motherfucker. I mean, really, Dustin Hoffman? Yeah, you might as well just say Al Pacino. In our last segment, Barely Audible Whisper directly linked G. Gordon Liddy to the current state of Republican Trumpism without offering much by way of evidence. As part of our ongoing effort to not be anything like Fox News... Judge Janine Vero here! Did Joe Biden train his dogs to viciously attack freedom? Probably! Barely Audible Whisper turns to our own Harvard history professor. So pretentious, he insists on being called Dr. Professor. President Richard Milhouse Nixon, the only president in American history ever forced to resign to escape certain removal from office. As I leave the White House, Having resigned in disgrace, I will flash a fee for victory, because I remain full of shit till the bitter end. President Nixon's egregious abuses of power were so disgustingly corrupt and undemocratic, it was assumed that his name would forever be associated with the absolute worst in American presidential corruption. I'm Roger Stone, and I have a Nixon tattoo on my back because I'm a lunatic who's proud of everything I ought to be ashamed of, which is why I ought to get Trump tattooed over my Nixon tattoo. But while it's easy to simply dismiss Nixon's corruption as seemingly almost innocuous relative to that of President Trump... <laughs> it never occurred to Nixon to incite an insurrection in a desperate attempt to hold on to power fucking Boy Scout. It would be a mistake to ignore the ways in which the Nixon-esque influences that clung to Republican politics after Nixon resigned be for victory evolved like a mutating virus into Trumpism. 
Our Lord and Savior, His Holiness, Jesus Trump Christ, is pure perfection. And the very fact that we didn't want him to lose is proof that he did not really lose because Hugo Chavez and China and Hunter Biden is really the satanic love child of Karl Marx and Hillary Clinton's emails. The trouble with Nixon, as Republicans would soon see it, was not that he was a morally bankrupt, power-obsessed liar with authoritarian impulses, but rather that his morally bankrupt, power-obsessed, authoritarian lies lacked charisma. <laughs> Therefore, rather than abandon the outdated rigidity of their outdated policies, they found a manufactured empty vessel of pure glowing charisma to sell the even more outdated idiotic ideology that got Barry Goldwater trounced in 1964. If rich people had more money, that will somehow end up being better for people. Republicans found in Ronald Reagan an image so expertly crafted by Hollywood that the former Hollywood star could fight a culture war against the very Hollywood that created him. Family values. Indeed, Reagan so thoroughly embodied a manufactured, idealized Hollywood version of the American hero that any notice of the ways in which his policies were bad for Americans somehow became anti-American. Government isn't the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. Damn right. I don't need no damn government enforcing no damn government regulations that keep me safe or protect the environment, or increase my wages, keep the damn government out of my life. And yet somehow, even as he fiercely advocated for deregulated commerce in the name of American liberty, he also advocated for fiercely regulated personal choices in the name of American values. The government needs to regulate gay people, drug use, and women's reproductive rights. But even a man as fantastically charismatic as Ronald Reagan... The government needs to take in less money and eliminate spending on useful services, but not actually cut spending because we need a magic space laser named after a sci-fi franchise. Wow, he's so charming. That doesn't sound insane at all. Couldn't get away with the absurd nonsense Reagan got away with. Mr. President... Did you illegally sell weapons to the Contras and then illegally use the illegal profits from those illegal sales to illegally bribe Iran into releasing hostages? Mm, I don't remember. I believe him. Without a severe dumbing down of American discourse. I'm Gerardo Rivera. Up next, I stage a violent on-air brawl because reason is bad for ratings. And as debate gave way to chaos, Republican voters became increasingly assured that government regulation was tyranny, whilst disagreeing with their rigid moral constructs was somehow also tyranny. And with the dawn of the presidency of moderate Democratic President Bill Clinton came the insane ramblings of right-wing radio. Rush Limbaugh sitting behind a golden microphone because I'm that insecure. Folks, Hillary Clinton murdered Vince Foster.
And as the lies of Reaganomics became increasingly evident. Just hang in there, folks. The wealth is going to trickle down any day now. The lies and contradictions surrounding the culture wars became ever the more outrageous. Very same Hollywood that invented Ronald Reagan and the idealized America we love is out to destroy the idealized America we love. Our policies haven't failed. The media is just trying to make it look like our policies failed by reporting on our failed policies because the media hates the baby Jesus. Up next, outrageous stereotypical transvestites reinforce every negative thing you've ever heard about transvestites. And with the advent of Fox News and the failed presidency of George W. Bush. If we don't go to war with Iraq in the next seven minutes, we're all gonna die. Followed by the election of America's first black president. There's something about this guy that makes me very uncomfortable. I'm not gonna say it out loud, but something about him seems foreign, like he wasn't born in another country or something. Left the Nixonian propaganda network Republicans spent decades building. Everything is scary. Right for a hostile takeover from a shameless liar. He lies too much, too obviously, and too dangerously, but we're in too deep. Those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Unless those of us who caused history can cause the same history to happen on an even dumber scale, thus dooming everyone to a cartoonishly mad and villainously catastrophic version of what was previously thought to be a historical low point. Florida Republican Matt Getz, whose forehead is that big because he rents out space to his hair gel, is under investigation for alleged sex trafficking of minors. Oh my hooker, oh my hooker, oh my hooker, claiming time. If I gave you $50, would you blow me, Clementine? Not that kind of minor. While an outsized portion of the news coverage has been dedicated to the Matt Gates scandal, almost as outsized as his forehead. In the stupid corrupt spirit of G. Gordon Liddy, Barely Audible Whisper would like to highlight the stupid corrupt scandal without which the Matt Gates scandal wouldn't be possible. The scandal engulfing Matt Gates, like Matt Gates' forehead engulfing a regular forehead, begins with Seminole County tax collector and poor man's Jeffrey Epstein, Joel Greenberg. As the newly elected tax collector of Seminole County, my first order of business shall be rewarding massive business contracts to my business partners and running my own for-profit business out of the tax collector's office. Uh, Mr. Greenberg? The computers you installed to run your personal business out of the tax collector's office were installed wrong. Now they're on fire. Wow, I'm already like walking corruption metaphor. And we haven't even gotten to the salacious part of the scandal yet. Mr. Greenberg took to wearing a tax collector's badge, which resembles a sheriff's badge, and open carrying a firearm on his belt. Um, I'm here to pay my vehicle registration renewal fee. There ain't enough room in this here local bureaucracy for the two of us. What? 
I'm the fastest gun this side of the health inspector's office. In this here county government office, I am the law. So, can I pay with debit card or? I'm giving you the count of your birthday to pay a $35 vehicle registration fee with the option of a personalized plates for an additional $75, or there'll be additional fines to pay. At least you think we're exaggerating the absurdity of the guy who processes licensing fees wearing a badge and carrying a gun, bear in mind, Mr. Greenberg really did pull a woman over for speeding. Do you have any idea how fast you are going? No. Uh, neither do I. I don't have access to a radar gun, but it seems like it was too fast. Aren't you a cop? No. I'm the Cinemal County Tax Collector, and by the authority not invested in me by anybody, I'm not going to write you a ticket because I don't have keys to the closet where they keep the carbon paper. This is the most egregious abuse of the minor authority of a county bureaucracy I've ever seen. You ain't seen nothing yet. After hiring out county business to his own business partners running his own private business out of the government office, starting a fire wearing a badge that looks suspiciously like a police badge, pulling over a woman for false arrest, and embezzling $400,000 in his first term, Greenberg ran for re-election. His re-election strategy, which consisted of creating fake social media accounts traceable back to him, purporting to be his opponent, and posting outrageous statements. I am Joel Greenberg's opponent, and when I'm not eating kittens or torturing other cute things people like, I'm supporting segregation. So don't vote for me, because I'm pure evil. <laughs> this brilliant scheme will fool everybody. <laughs> while carrying out a search warrant of Greenberg's home related to the inevitable fraud charges that came from his easily traceable dumb dirty tricks campaign of pretending to be his opponent saying pro-segregation things, authorities discovered multiple fake IDs scattered about Greenberg's home. The IDs, which all had Greenberg's picture superimposed over them, were collected from Greenberg's office where new Florida residents turn in their old out-of-state IDs in order to receive their new Florida IDs. Uh, here's my old license. Oh, what's that over there? What? Oh, nothing. I uh, thought I saw this thing that was worth you looking at in the other direction out uh, for long enough to put your ID in my pocket, but I guess I was wrong. Are you wearing a pistol and a badge at the county tax office? Move along. There ain't enough room at this counter for the both of us. Florida is weird. And as it turns out, those IDs, which were carelessly strewn about his apartment like the hair gel tangled atop Matt Getz's massive forehead, were used as part of the very sex trafficking of minors scheme that ensnared Matt Getz. Oh my hooker, oh my hooker, oh my hooker that I hope I'm going to go to prison cause I'm not Teflon like Trump. <laughs> So we've traced G. Gordon Liddy's 
<clears throat> legacy through Nixon, Reagan, and Trump, and now it seems every white guy in the Republican Party is jockeying to be the next self-obsessed lying blowhard to con the American people into a presidency. One of the most Trump-like candidates, Representative Matt Gates, may have ruined his chance. Because for some people, an 18-year-old prostitute just isn't young enough. For even more on the Matt Gates sex trafficking scandal, here is his former communications director, Luke Ball. Hey, thanks. When I got my degree in media relations, they said, once you get invited on NPR, you've made it. This is an NPR parody podcast with three listeners. I guess I haven't made it. Luke, you quit Matt Gates' office last Friday. Why now? As I've said in my previous statements, it was out of principle. Why didn't you quit out of principle when Matt Gates led a group breaking into and attempting to film a closed-door hearing? Well, when I was in school, they said, no publicity is bad publicity. And that incident really got Matt's name out there. Why didn't you quit out of principle when Matt Gates was the only congressman to vote against a sex trafficking law? Again, it got his name out there. Everyone was like, what kind of a sleazebag wouldn't vote for this bill? And Matt was all, it's because I don't like too much government. And he got to say that a bunch, and people like that. But now, the sex trafficking allegation crossed a line for you? Like I said, principle. Why didn't you quit out of principle when Congressman Gates was repeating Donald Trump's lies about an election being rigged? The more we said it, the more we got Matt's face on TV. He has that four-story forehead, that plastic Lego hair, and that smug smile that reminds every woman of the frat guy they really want to believe didn't roofie her. We had to get that face on TV as much as possible. Why didn't you quit out of principle when those same lies led to the storming of the U.S. Capitol and the deaths of several police officers? They told us, when people bring that up, I should deflect by... Oh yeah, what about Black Lives Matter, huh? Why didn't you quit out of principle when Matt Gates falsely claimed that Antifa was behind those protests? Because it would have been really good for us if that had been true. Why didn't you quit out of principle when the accusations of sex trafficking first came out? In school, they said, if your client gets in legal trouble, don't quit. That looks bad. I think they said something about saying nothing and to let the lawyers handle it, but I wasn't paying attention. I went with the old, get that smarmy face on TV. So I set up a softball interview with an even smarmier face, white man's great defender, Tucker Carlson. You saw how that went. He reminded everyone of sexual accusations against the host and tried to drag him into his mess. Yeah, that sounded way better in my head than when he went on the air. What we're asking is, how do you stand by Matt Gates through his being the biggest public nuisance in Congress, telling harmful lies to the American people, making false accusations against an organization that doesn't even exist, breaking congressional security rules, voting against a sex trafficking law that literally everyone else in Congress supports, and then being implicated in sex trafficking, but then you decide to quit a few days later, you say on principle. What principle? The principle of Matt Gates definitely isn't ever going to be president and I want a new boss. There it is. Look, that interview was really bad and more stuff kept coming out. It felt like at the rate we were going, tomorrow we were gonna find out that Matt snorted oxy off of a 12 year old. 
And then this weekend, we'd find out that he sold his sister into slavery. And then next Wednesday, we'd find out that he set me up on a date with a young lady who was 21. But when I think about it, the ID she showed the bartender had Joel Greenberg's face on it. And she kept talking about civics class and asking me to help her escape. And she didn't want to have to have sex with Matt's friends for food and hotel rooms anymore. And now that I think about it, maybe she wasn't role-playing. Holy shit. Did that happen? What? No! No. What I'm saying is it feels like that's what's going to happen next. Well, if any of that does, let the record show we predicted it. Modern-day Republican corruption is arguably no more blatantly on display than with the recently passed Georgia voting law that limits Dropbox access, imposes absurd ID requirements for mail-in voting, arbitrarily shortens the early voting period, empowers partisan state legislatures to overtake local election administration, and even makes it a crime to bring food or drink to voters standing in long lines. Georgia governor and white privilege khaki pants model Brian Kemp has defended the new law, which disproportionately targets minority voters. It's not racist. It just coincidentally happens to have a severe, more negative impact on minority races. But the law has been roundly criticized by a multitude of corporations whom Republicans rely on for fundraising. Thank you for flying Delta Airlines, who resisted condemning the Georgia voter law before it was passed when our condemnation might have actually made a difference, only to suddenly reverse course, too late, when we realized how unpopular it was. Thankfully, our pilots make better decisions than our management, or we would have crashed into that mountain. The Coca-Cola company also stayed out of the controversy when we might have been able to help, only to fiercely criticize the new law after we realized that not criticizing it might cost us money. I'd like to buy the world a Coke and teach the world to sing. Except, of course, in our home state of Georgia, where bringing a voter a Coke is a felony. I'd like to buy the world a Coke, but I don't want to go to jail. On second thought, Cokes being bought for voters standing in lines means Cokes being bought, and Cokes being bought means profits for Coke. This law is unjust. Uh, Too late, local Georgia corporations that employ an even more disproportionate number of Georgians than the disproportionate number of minorities my new law disenfranchises. I mean, doesn't disenfranchise. Attention, Delta passengers. In keeping with our policy of not opposing things, but then also opposing them, our in-flight dessert menu features a cake that you can have, but also eat. I'd like to buy the world a Coke, but that's all I'm comfortable saying. But the too late criticism of local Georgia corporations was matched by criticism from multiple other corporations that do business in Georgia. Thank you for calling AT&T customer support. We are sorry that all of our services are down again for no apparent reason, but at least our service doesn't suck as bad as Georgia's new voting law. Thank you for flying Southwest Airlines, where our condemnation of Georgia's voter suppression law came even later than Delta's. But let's face it, if you could afford to fly Delta, you wouldn't be flying with us. 
However, the swiftest and most costly retaliation against Georgia voters' suppression law came from Major League Baseball, who moved this year's All-Star Game out of the state of Georgia. As anyone who has ever seen a photograph of Barry Bonds early in his career versus a photograph of Barry Bonds after he clearly started taking massive amounts of steroids can tell you, Major League Baseball is the major leagues of looking other way while assholes cheat. But come on, Georgia, you can't be that obvious about it. I mean, it's more plausible that Barry Bonds just really hit the weight room hard than it is that this new law is not racist. It's not racist. It just endangers a fundamental right of citizenship for minority races while barely affecting the white race at all, which is in no way like Jim Crow uh, because it's like the Barry Bonds of voter laws. And Barry Bonds is black. Unfortunately for G. Gordon Liddy-style Republican foot soldiers, after four years of President Trump pushing their lies farther than anyone other than President Trump could possibly push a lie, Joe Biden is an illegitimate president because they stole the election by not letting Trump steal the election because of Venezuela and COVID and Hunter Biden's laptop, which is secretly Hillary's emails, which the media covered up because socialism is a Black Lives Matter riot and fuck, I can't even keep track of this shit anymore. Democracy is undemocratic if black people get to do it. I, Senator and reason white people hate themselves, Ted Cruz, object to the certification of the certified election because if I hold the Constitution upside down and read it backwards after three shots of whiskey and a Xanax, you can see the words drop boxes are socialism. That's not racist. It's just coincidentally oppressive to black people. This inability of Republican leaders to keep up the new outrageous lies. COVID is a hoax! Wearing masks is what actually killed everybody! has ultimately exposed the old lies that have been so ingrained into the American psyche that we almost took them for granted. Seriously, folks, that wealth is going to start trickling down any minute now. And with their leaders unable to continue pushing the lies they've been pushing for half a century. Everything's falling apart. Fuck it, I'm going to Cancun. The poor rank-and-file Republicans who have been duped by this bullshit have resorted to insane ways to cope. And Trump, man, is secretly still president because Joe Biden is secretly dead, which is the real reason his talk is so pissed off at everybody. Trump will come to power on Inauguration Day or March the 3rd. Or now. Or now. After the Civil War, America was secretly turned into a corporation. And there hasn't been a president in like a hundred years until Trump bought America back from America. So man, if he's not president, he's the CEO. Well, ranks the president. Or now. To make matters worse. Okay, now. Two insane QAnon true believers were actually elected to the House of Representatives. The only way to stop the Jewish space laser is to crucify Nancy Pelosi upside down on an altar made of the discarded penises of the transgendered. So, what happens to a political party when it falls apart under the weight of its own bullshit? They moved the All-Star game out of the state. 
They won't refund your airfare from Cancun. They feed on the souls of murdered children. Damn, that woman is nuts. In the case of a Republican Party molded in the dumb corruption of G. Gordon Liddy, the answer to that question lies in the question, what would G. Gordon Liddy do? What if we derail the vaccine distribution so that America remains in the COVID crisis so then we can blame Biden for the COVID crisis that Trump caused and then re-elect Trump on the promise of solving the COVID crisis he created? That's the dumbest thing I have ever heard! It's either that or we start to tell the truth. Tonight on Justice with Judge Janine, we reveal the secret truth behind why you shouldn't get vaccinated because I don't know, Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, starring writer, co-host, and producer Dave Baldwin, co-host Molly Baldwin, writer and actor Daniel Carter Brown, actors Joshy Newkirk, Robin Ward, Ali Glonick, Michael Morgan, and Tommy Strack. Please check out our website where you can subscribe to us, or you can subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. We appreciate your support. You owe me a tricky dick, dicky trick. (laughs) You owe me a tricky dick, dicky trick. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, I'm eight years old. You owe me a (laughs) dick... Do I? In loving memory of Corey Burns. Hubris!